Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with Daniel Handler from last month is up there. What a funny guy. What an interesting guy. I'm not sure my next month's guy. How about that? Yeah, we're just a week away. We've got someone lined up. I think it might be the latest National Book Award winner. That's what we're hoping for. We'll see if we can get it to happen before the first of the year. We'll do it. We'll get it. We'll get it done. And that's all. Anyway, it's all over there at authormagazine.org. Have no fear. It's all awesome. It's all free. Go check it out. We're also funded by the good people, the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You know, we have a conference every year and their contest goes with it. I think they're already starting to, you can already start submitting. Yes, you can. If you go to Author Magazine, you can click over the link there, but go to pnwa.org. But yeah, good contest, boys. People's careers have started. Yes, they have. Bob Dagoni, friend of the show, his career kind of started through the contest. Yes, it did. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things. We classes, weekly, monthly meetings, of course, the conferences. So if you're interested, go check out pnwa.org. Good people there. All right. I think I mentioned last week, so today is live. Hey, it's good to be live again. I like it. Good energy being live. Last week, I think I mentioned last time that well, I just finished up the audio book for Everyone Has What It Takes. I just put the finishing touches on last Friday and... I liked it. I, li- I liked I-, I think it's good. I think it is. I think it's a, I got to, I really, uh, when I was reading it, I was feeling my oats and uh, I got all excited again about the material as I was reading it aloud. And so I think, and it, so it felt good doing it. I don't know what it sounds like, but I felt good doing it. I felt like I was, it felt like I was giving a talk at a workshop or so I think it'll be a good product. I, I can't wait to share with you. It's supposed to be available December 14th. I think that's their the due date. So if you want to have me in your ears talking about why everyone has what it takes, helping you with self-doubt, I hope you go out and get a copy of Everyone Has What It Takes, the audio book. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. We got, a, we, got, we got some fresh blood on the show today. A brand new novelist. Brand new Kristen novelist, Yasmin Ongo. She is a first-generation Ghanaian-American from Northern Virginia, where she grew up in two cultural worlds. In 2020, she received the Sisters in Crime Eleanor Taylor Bland Award for Emerging Writers of Color and is a proud member of Sin C, Crime Writers of Color, and International Thriller Writers. Yasmin was a middle and high school English teacher and currently works as a freelance developmental editor when not writing or editing, she is either watching movies, engrossed in a new audio book, yeah, or daydreaming about the fact that she should probably be writing. And, well, and her first debut book, by the way, is called Her Name is Night, and it's a gripping story. And I'm so glad I've got Yasmin with me today. Yasmin, how are you doing? I'm well. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I'm, I, I love having debut authors on it's so fun to be with you here at the start of this journey the book was published november 1st mm-hmm. um how you doing how you feeling what do you think what do you think is it, um, are you, is it 
Is it weird? Is it fun? Is it disappointing? You can tell me. It's all right. <laughs> it's it's all of the above. It's not disappointing, yeah. um, but oh, um, it's definitely good. weird and, and fun and, and very surreal. Uh, I yeah. don't know, you know, I, you know, a lot about it. So, you know, everybody tells me it's doing well. So I just say, okay. Uh, all right. Good, 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 good. All right. All right. So let's back up a little bit. Um, I was thinking about this before the, um, before the show. Uh, so your first generation, so your parents were born in, in Ghana and um, mm-hmm. were, were you born here or did you come over with them? No, I was born here. Okay. So you're first generation. Mm-hmm. And normally, normally the kind of typical American immigrant story for the first generations uh, does not involve the arts. Not normally. It's usually yeah. like <laughs> do really well in school, become a doctor or a lawyer or something sort of prestigious, not that writing isn't prestigious, but the arts, you know, kind of saddled with the issue of survival and money and all that. Mm-hmm. But here you are, here you are. So what are your, uh, what, what does your family think of this? Were they freaked out when you oh. wanted to be a writer or were they all, all gung ho for it from the get go? Well, so that was like a slow burn because, you know, just like you said, that isn't something that is the norm for um, immigrant families that, that all they uh-huh. know is like the tangible job. And yeah, so, right, I mean, right. yeah, when I got out of high school, I, I didn't even say to my mom, Hey, I want to be a writer because I just knew that wasn't going <laughs> to blow over very well. <laughs> so, I mean, I became a teacher instead. And right, so that's what right. I did for, you know, many years is to teach. I figured if I'm not going to be a writer just yet, um, then I'm going to teach about writing and, and literature and all the stuff that I love about it. And so that's what I did um, for several uh, years. And I'm still an educator now, and I love it. Um, but, um, yeah, about, I don't know, um, 2010 is when I decided that I am going to, I was having a change in life, and, and so I said, I'm going to make a go of it now. I think it's been long enough that I put it down, and I really, really, that's where my heart is, and that's what makes me happy. Um, oh. So that's where I, you know, d- decided to, and I had been writing all that time. Um, right. Stopping and starting, you know, as as people do, but like that, in 2010 was when I really decided that I am going to make a go of it now and, and be serious about it and try to make this thing a reality. All right. So, so before even 2010, you, you sound mm-hmm. like you, you just, you just have the feel of someone who just, she always had a book in her hand and she was up in a room and she couldn't get enough of it. And she was an mm-hmm. A student. Am I, am I in the, am I in the right, am I, am I picturing the right person? Yes, but I, I don't know about the A student part. Oh, no? <laughs> but, you feel like an A yeah, student, but you, was, that wasn't, no, not really, not really. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty much up and down the alphabet, it, well, especially uh, if it was a math class. So uh, the oh, math okay. classes so, were, right. were kind Couldn't of tough. It. No, weren't Yeah, it? yeah. But no, you, but I definitely was, I always had a book in my hand ever yeah. since, you know, I was a child. Um, you right. know, I my mom was a single mom, and so the oh. book, reading and writing, was my babysitter and my sibling at the time until right. my dad, you know, remarried and had other kids. So for 12 years of my life, um, when I started to read, that was my, my sibling and my babysitter when my mom had to work. Wow. And so you were so, very self-sufficient. And uh, and so good. And you didn't mind being alone, which is a good sounds like, mm-hmm. which is a good practice for a writer, needless to say. Right. Uh, 
And so what kind of stuff did you like to read? Like what, what first got you excited? Like for me, for instance, I, I, I read the Hardy boys. It's kind of a cliche, but I, I just devoured them when I was in sixth grade and then on to the mm-hmm. Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Like what were, what was getting your attention when you were a girl? Well, I too liked the Hardy Boys, and uh-huh. I also liked Nancy Drew. Of course, um, yeah, I loved yeah. Beverly Cleary. Um, and oh, then, okay. as I got into middle school um, and and high school, I really, really loved um, R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike. Uh-huh. I don't know if you ever read those, but Christopher Pike was. I, I interviewed R.L. Stein, books. but I have never read did his. You? I interviewed R.L. Stein. I sure did. He's a very nice guy. Oh, yeah. He is yeah. a really nice – well, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems oh, he's like a he's a very nice, nice guy. guy. But... He is. Very <laughs> cool, nice guy. Cool. Well, yeah. his books are awesome. And then Christopher Pike, because Christopher Pike's books were more edgier and they were like horror. Ooh. So that's when I started yeah. to kind of delve into like horror books and things like that. Right. And they were like awesome. Um, yeah. And when I was reading those books, I was just like, I just like love – the the feeling that I got when I'm reading a book that I'm so engrossed in and all the feelings that I can feel. And I just wanted to do that for, for people. Like I want my right. stuff, people to feel that way when they read my stuff. All right. Listen, I want my listeners to pay attention to what Yasmin just said. <laughs> she said it was the feel. Listen, I, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a teacher in a way and I mm-hmm. cannot impress upon my listeners enough how important the feeling of life is about how in terms of a guide, in terms of an inspiration, mm-hmm. in terms of a organizing principle, a good feeling. I don't know anyone on earth, Yasmin, who doesn't want to feel good yeah. at all times, even if they aren't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this not our, yeah. and so that you were guided by a, what it felt like to be absorbed in a book. It's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you said it very naturally, but I'm telling you, it is such a great way to start anything. So, so I don't, that's it. I just got to say that I had to say, I had to get it out. It was so great to hear it from you. So there you are, you're reading, you love it. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. start writing on your own. You start writing mm-hmm. your own first stories. Are they exciting and dangerous or are they like the kitten who got lost? Like what kind of stories were they? I mean, my very, fir- my very first book, which I wrote on loose leaf paper, I still have it. Yeah. And so now after all these you years, do? it's like all faded oh, with blue God. big pen. Yeah, yeah. So blue big pen, yeah. and I have it. And it was it was a, a story. It was more like fantasy, but it was more like yeah. woodland creatures, and yeah. they had to save their forest from being like uh, mowed down by you know humans <laughs> and things. So I've always oh. written kind of dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, they were about animals, and that was my very very first start story. And then I branched into you know uh, writing about teens and things, just writing yeah. about what I was living at that time with my friends and and things like that but yeah I I wrote ever since then and have never stopped like writing because you know writing is the thing that keeps me sane I think and I told that like to my family oh yeah I told them if I if I'm starting to snap at you it's probably because I haven't written in a while and so I'm always thinking about writing if I'm not writing and I know that I should be getting words out I start to feel edgy so that is the thing that really kind of calms me writing and reading but yep. um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say I spend my life looking for the connection I always feel when I write. When I the, what I mm-hmm. connect to when I write is what I'm always wanting connection to. And mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. when I'm not doing it, I get a little edgy. It's a good. It's, it shows you right. It's, and it, you know, it's a funny thing. I don't. You've probably been writing all your life, but I know people who start a little later, and it's not. And once they start, 
then they get that same experience. Like they live their whole life never writing, really. Mm-hmm. And then they start doing it regularly. And then, then they start getting edgy if they can't do it regularly, even though they live their whole life never being edgy, not doing it. But once you get the wow. taste of it, you know what I mean? Yep. You see? You see? All right. So you're writing along. Now, one of the things that often happens for writers is the way books are taught, especially at the university level, is there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a sort of hierarchy in the sort of book, important book, the yeah. literary book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know a great many uh, of my friends who write within the genres who did not have a good experience in college because of the way the stuff they loved was frowned upon by the mm-hmm. either the professors or even writing instructors, I hate to say it. And so mm-hmm. you seems like you had your your arrow pointed at the world of crime and thrillers pretty, was that pretty early on or did you have to find your way there? No, that was pretty early on. I mean, I love reading, honestly, all kinds of books, but yeah, the ones that thrill me the the most are the crime, the thriller, the horrors and and things like that. And, and everybody is right. Like, you know, in college, they want you to, to read, you know, the, um, the Ralph, you know, Emerson's or Ellison's, I think, or, you know, all of those Shakespeare, which I love Shakespeare, but you know, that's, that's a whole different kind of thing. And so I think with me, I mean, I I was an English major. Yeah. But I was also an education minor. And so we had to learn, I, I knew that I had to learn those, you know, those kinds of books, the literary books, the classics, thank you, because I would have to teach that to high schoolers. But in my education classes, um, we we had to read, uh, you know, more contemporary books and and YA books, books that yeah. we would have to teach, you know, um, to our students that would be more that were not classics. Um, and so that is so those were that class was cool because I was able to 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 really like go into books that I would enjoy and that like maybe right. my future students would enjoy. And and right. I was glad to see those taught. So I just knew that there was a difference between you know, the things that they want, you know, to teach um, classically and then, you know, the things that they know that people are really going to hit home with in terms of, you know, the contemporary models of books. Yeah, I was relieved to see when my oldest child was in high school and she brought home the list, you know, of books Mm -hmm. to read. I was like, wow, they're actually opening it up beyond the red badge Mm -hmm. of courage and, you know, the Scarlet <laughs> oh Letter and all this stuff. Yes. I was like, okay, good. They're like actually like they were having actual contemporary novels mm-hmm. that a person would, you know, that a person might choose to read all on their own. If And which mm-hmm. I was impressed. So at least here in Seattle, they were doing that. And it sounds like the education world is starting to wise up to that a little bit. Maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big oh, time. Um, yeah. Good, good. All right. So. 2010. So just take me back to that moment. 2010. Will you tell me how old you were? Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to tell me? Um, I, I was in my I was in my 30s. Okay, that's fine. I don't know if you were 21 <laughs> or 60. No, <laughs> okay. no, I'm a lady of a certain age. Though. Okay, okay. That's, hey, listen, hey, <laughs> it's still not my age, and so uh, it's still your you got to catch up. But all right, so you're you're in your 30s, you know, so you you've mm-hmm. like probably figured out like I can make a living as a human being. Like I know how to be an adult more sort of, mm-hmm. you know, more mm-hmm. or less. And so, which is a thing, you know, it's not nothing. We all got to learn how to do that. And some of us are still learning. Uh, mm-hmm. But then talk to me about that moment where you say, you know what? It's time to do this. It's time to see, like, it's time for this to stop being just a, 
dream and see if I can make it a reality. Talk to me about what was that, what was, what was happening? Why'd you do that? Well, I was having like some serious life, uh, you know, changes um, in Uh 2010, 29, uh, 2009, yeah, 2009 and 2010, I, my kids and I had relocated here to South Carolina and Uh we were in a place where we knew nobody. Um, and oh. it was just the three of us and, and yep. you know, going through, I'll say it, divorce and all that stuff. So it was yeah. a lot of, yeah. there were a lot of life changes and I had yep. to decide what do I want to do with the rest of my life? What makes me happy and who, who the hell am I? Um, right. And so I was still teaching at that time because I, I had to pay the bills and feed the kids. Sure, but sure. the thing that I just had to remember the thing that makes you happy, Yasmin, is writing. So let's go ahead yeah. and do this thing, and, and let's try to make a go of this and, and just do just do this thing. And it took a long time even, you know, from there. You know, I tried to add a women's fiction at that time, so that was the very first full-length novel that I had written way back right. in 2003. So, yes, I'm a woman of a certain age because <laughs> I started really querying this world, you know, women's fiction way yeah. back in, like, 2000. 2003 when and you'll oh. I, you'll remember when we had to send that, hard copy oh yeah and mail it yeah oh yeah okay oh, yeah. okay yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah and and have the self-addressed stamped envelope yes. so that they yeah. could mail us back and say we don't want you yes that's what S-A-S-E, I baby oh so you all right <laughs> yeah there are I forget there's generations of writers who have never communicated with anyone that's not over email I was a exactly. big deal. It was a big deal when my I had this agent who was like, I just did it all via email. We're in a new world, Bill. I was like, yeah, I know. Wow. So okay, so you started two thousand. So you actually were writing a novel mm-hmm. in the early two thousands, but mm-hmm. but two thousand ten you kind of got serious. And you're so you're divorced. You're raising two kids on your own. Listen, I raised two kids, but I didn't do it alone. I didn't yeah. do it alone. And <laughs> I, you know, my wife's a writer too, so we knew how to carve out time for ourselves, but. Mm-hmm. You you know, it's interesting, Yasmin, when I teach this thing called fearless writing, which is really about the emotional challenges of writing, and the number one mm-hmm. thing that comes up when I say, okay, people, what's the hard part of writing? It's always time, 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 time. Yeah. I can't find the time to write. Mm-hmm. And you, were, you had to work and raise two kids and write. And so how did you do that? How did you find the time? I had to find the time when the kids were, you know, asleep. So I had to really have structure and, and, you know, the kids by a certain time, they went to bed and from that time until I slept, that's Uh, when I wrote. Um, And, you know, if I wrote, I would. I know I didn't like, but I had to, I had to teach myself to do that because I am most creative earlier on in the day. Um, But I had to, I had to teach myself to, to, if I was going to get anything done to do it in the evening and then on the weekends in between whatever it was that, you know, the kids had to, you know, had to do. And so that's how I wrote that first book, but, you know, and that first book didn't take off, you know, the way it, it right. should have, I think, or whatever the right. case. But like when I started, you know, this current book, um, I was still doing the same thing. I was at a different job, right. but I had to write around, you know, work when the kids are older. So now I, you know, they're conditioned to kind of be on their own a little bit to <laughs> yep. take care of things and allow yeah. me to have a little bit of extra time. The weekends yep. again and, and writing during breaks because, you know, in um, when you're teaching, you don't get breaks like that. No. Um, no. You don't have lunch breaks and, and up, you know, we've got 20 minutes to eat, and wow. and then we have planning where we've got to do grading. And so, don't forget, as I'm being a teacher and I'm writing in the evenings, I also have to do my yeah. grading. Yeah. 
when yes. I'm done with my grading, then I have to write. So oh, it was, God. you know, I, I don't like, like your life. Pocket. I, I don't I'm like sorry. it. That, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was it's, not mine. it's not that now, but still. Okay. <laughs> um, well, listen, can I tell you something, Yasmin? Can I tell you when you yes. became a success? Can I tell you when you became when? a success? The moment you decided when? you were going to write at night. In my mind, uh-huh. that's when it happened. Because even though you hadn't sold a book, you 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 put your pri- you understood the priorities and you made that more important. Anything. And you didn't. And, and, and there's no way you do that if on mm-hmm. some part of your mind is saying, "This is a waste of time." You can't yeah. you can't do all that and believe on some level that it's you're wasting your time. Which I will tell you is something that many aspiring writers wrestle with. Is this just a waste yeah. of my time? And I guess mm-hmm. and I guess. Well, I'm sure you had your doubts, but there's no way you structure your life like that if you think that you're just spinning your wheels. You must have had some right, sense right. of is that, I, is that true? That what? That I had some sense of? Well, some sense of like, I don't know where it's going, but I know I got to do it, and I don't, I'm not going to let the unknownness prevent me from pursuing this. Oh, well, yeah, because I was like, I'm tired of, you know, I, I had not written because, you know, I wanted to, to make sure that my parents or my mom, you know, wasn't all disappointed in me. Right, I, and I stopped right. writing full time or whatever, seriously, because I was raising kids. And now yeah. I was like, you know what, now this life has changed and I got to do something to make me happy yeah. and keep me yeah. sane. And yeah. also I wanted to show my kids, you know, that you can do something That's and right. be really passionate about it and hopefully hopefully be successful. I don't give up on that stuff. Um, And so that's what I tried to do. And you're right. I had a whole lot of doubt Um, when I was querying this latest book that ended up getting a deal. I mean, I nearly quit. Um, I almost, I said, I'm going to quit because the the rejections, I've had so many rejections that it makes, like I was I don't even know how, but like, it was just so many. And, you know, when you get so many people telling you no, you start to think, well, maybe they see something that you, that yeah. I can't see. Maybe I do suck as a writer. I mean, it's something I know. <laughs> okay, I so you were down the usual. Oh, uh, you were. All right. So you took the, the you took that train ride. I did because I, I mean, when everybody's telling you, you know, no, no, no. I mean, eventually, yeah. I start. Even though I, in my heart, when I wrote this, uh, when I wrote this book, I just yeah. knew I was like, this is it. This is the book. But then everybody right. was telling me, no, this is not the book. And so eventually, <laughs> I started to believe them. And yeah. I was like, Asmin, you're gonna quit. You're gonna quit. But then I had a friend, you know, who um, who suggested that I apply for that um, um, award oh, that you mentioned. Yeah, the 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 um, Eleanor the Eleanor Taylor, Taylor Bland. Bland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she was like, Hey, why don't you apply? Yeah, and well, and and I had still had some queries out, and so I was like, well, I guess I'll just do this one more thing, just this one more thing, and then I'm going to quit because I don't win anything. That's what I said to myself. And, yeah, as soon as I um, submitted that, then like a week later, I got the call from my agent. So my agent actually came right before I found out that – You'd that, won. you know, I got the award. Yeah. And then it was like after all these no's and after 20, almost, well, yeah, almost 20 years of, yeah. well, no, 20 yeah. years of, yeah. you know, stopping and starting and rejections and things like that, then all of a sudden I had a yes and then I had another yes. And then, nice. you know, editors wanted to, you know, uh, give, you know, give me a deal. And there's another yes. And I'm like, what are all these yeses? What does this mean? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, it warms my heart. I do love hearing these stories, and 
and uh, and you know, and the book, I should say, the book is it deals with some. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great thriller. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. suspenseful. It's exciting. It's it's well done, and it also deals with some tricky stuff. You know, it it goes after, I mean, sex trafficking or you know, human yeah. trafficking and and assassination yeah. and. Uh, so you you let yourself get into things a little bit. Not all. Sometimes suspense mm-hmm. writers do, sometimes they don't. But you go ahead and let yourself get into some stuff. Was that new, yep. or was that what you were dealing with even before? No, I mean because those are the things that I also. I'm not going to say I enjoy reading about like trafficking and things, but I enjoy like the darker stories and um, you know, what, I mean, like I said, I like horror and, 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 you know, James Patterson and all of those, you know, his stuff isn't that, that dark, but you know what I I mean? I love those action, high octane books and movies and things like that. And all I wanted was to, um, to write about a character who was in a space, a, a character that we don't typically see, which is yeah. you know a you know a black woman and not only that she's a black immigrant and yeah. she's in these spaces that are typically you see you know like Ethan Hunt or Jack right. Reacher and Ryan right. and John Wick right. all of them you know look yeah. a certain kind so I wanted someone who looked kind of like me doing these things that all these guys did that were right. really cool and I was like oh my gosh these are so cool <laughs> so cool and stuff like that but I want a girl to do it you know what I mean right so right. that and so I was like that's what I'm gonna write for myself I want to write the book that I want to read you know. Um, And also, because I said I started in women's fiction, you know, women's fiction always writes about a journey. And so I wanted to also write about my character being on this journey. And I needed, you know, I knew my character was going to be an assassin. Well, how do you root for an assassin? That person kills people on purpose, you know? So I had to give her a purpose. Exactly. But, you know, just like with John Wick, we, we root for John Wick because, you know, they killed his dog. So we root for my character because she goes through some things and they yeah. take out her family. And so now, you know, she's got to get that revenge. So, well, yeah, she's yeah. interesting because you, you, we do, we meet her and she right away is very conflicted about her work. You know, she's mm-hmm. obviously skilled, but I will say this, you know, uh, I felt reading it, uh, I, you know, yeah, I mean, she's a, a black woman immigrant, not who normally you think of as an assassin, but I felt it was very, it didn't feel like trying to force that role on a, just a different looking person. It felt like it made sense right from page one to me anyway. So I felt you did it organically. Okay. What you found the natural place for it. Um, So well done. Yasmin. I'm only one reader, but that was my experience of it. It felt like, Oh yeah. I'll take that. You speak for everyone, Bill. Everyone who's listening, he speaks for all of you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's totally, yeah, it was totally believable. I mean, assassins. Yeah. Totally believable. And uh, so well done. Well done. And so what do you like? So uh, we still have some time. Like, what's it like now? Like what uh, have you heard? I mean, pretty early. You don't, and I also say usually suspense writers don't hear as much from their readers. It's just the nature of suspense readers. But maybe you've heard a little bit. I don't know. How's that been going in terms of the response? Well, it's been going really well. And so, you know, also with writers, we, we tend to be very still insecure even 
Well, yeah. I am. I don't know about the big no, ones, you know, Robert Dagoni and all that. But like, no. I still feel like, do you really like it? You know, because I still <laughs> channel all of those rejections that, yeah. you know, I received. It, it takes a minute yeah. to get over that. So, yeah. but I have, um, you know, heard some really great things from people who, you know, like you, who read it and also felt like it was organic and um, really rooted for the character. And really, I love it when the um, the readers feel some sort of intensity about because remember I'm all about the feelings so like yeah. when they are yeah. really really angry at the you know at the bad guy and they yeah. want like someone told me I wanted you I wanted Nina to you know cut his stomach and pull out his intestines <laughs> and strangle him with it and I was like oh wow really she was like, yes I wanted that so bad to strangle him with his own intestines and I was like then I did my job I mean she got oh, really so specific and yeah. I, I was like, then I did my job because if, if I can make characters that take you through that kind of visceral yeah. emotion, then I've done yep. my job. I, I definitely, right. that's what I wanted. And so, um, so that made me feel like great, you know? Yep. That's what you want. I got a friend, Kevin O'Brien, who's a, he's a, he writes horror, he writes like about serial killers usually. And he said, mm-hmm. the best letters I get are for people saying, I couldn't sleep last night. He's like, yes. I've done my job. <laughs> I've kept yeah. someone. I've kept someone up all night, or they've forgotten about the plane trip they just took. You, but he had, he likes to keep them up at night. So good. She wanted him. She wanted someone strangled with his intestines. You had to have mm-hmm. elicited such strong emotions. Congratulations. And so now, now you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Now you're maybe got even a little more confidence. Are you hard at work on your next book? Yeah, I mean, I am working through uh, developmental edits right now. So I finished it back in August when they told me it was due. Mm-hmm. And now I'm working through the um, the suggestions that my developmental editor uh, gave me and um, trying to make it nice and polished for, you know, the rest of the process. Yeah. All right. Good. Good for you. Well, good for you. Yasmin, that is awesome. All right, before we, let's see, now I've got one more question, but before we get to that, uh, if people mm-hmm. are fascinated by you, which of course they are, do you still do developmental editing yourself? I know you do that. Are you still, could someone conceivably, are you still yeah. willing to do that? All right. All right, so if someone wanted to hire you as their editor, and wouldn't you mm-hmm. be lucky to have her? Yes, you all would be. Or if they just <laughs> want to buy your book or have you come zoom in to their book group and talk to them about assassins and so on, uh, where should they go? What should, how do they find you? Yeah, yeah. you can find me um, on my website. Um, there's a contact me uh, right there. So it's Yasmin, Y-A-S-M-I-N, Ango, A-N-G-O-E, dot com. Or I'm on Twitter at Yaz A Writer. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at author underscore Yaz. So, I mean, just shoot me a message and, and you know, we'll we'll chat. There you go. I like it. All right. So, Yasmin, I got one more question yes. for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to finish this sentence. If writing, all the writing you've done, you've done a lot of it, if writing has taught you anything, it's taught you mm-hmm. what? It's taught me always to try one more thing. Oh, I like it. Just one more thing. Just, Just one, one more thing. thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing. I love it. I love it. Yasmin, mm-hmm. I like you. I'm glad you published this book. I'm glad you didn't Thank give you. up. I'm glad you tried one <laughs> more thing. And I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where this little journey takes you. Thank you. Thank you, Val. All right. Have a good one. Good luck with the book. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.
Uh, wasn't she great, people? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to be back again next week with somebody. Who is it? Michael Leppert. Michael Leppert. He'll be back on here recording that tomorrow. Uh, to all of you, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Hi, RJ. I see you there. And, uh, well, to all of you out there, just like, listen, what Yasmin said, go out there. Fight. Think of something that makes you feel good. Think of something that makes you feel inspired, that you just want to do, that draws your attention. Think about that. That is love. That feeling is love. So go find something you love to do and do it. 